Hey, this is Laura. And Steven. And this is our podcast, Midday Musings, where we take our lunch break to talk about the things that are on our mind. Today, we're talking about the Cronenbergs, David and Brandon. We are also talking about cats, the coolest things in my house, and also the rise of pet insurance. Do you remember pet insurance existing in 2007? I sure didn't. Anyway, let's get into it. Hello there, Steven. Hello. How wonderful to see you. How... uh, I'm not pleased to see you. I am upset to see you. Oh no, conflict. Yeah. How interesting. Ah, we might have to have a dance battle about it. Wow, this is the wrong format for that. Which will... Our listeners will totally be able to hear. You'll just hear like a little bit of tapping. A little tip-tip tapping. Maybe some like... And you'll be like, this is, is this like some sort of modern art piece? What is the, what are you doing? And we're, we'll go, we don't know. We're just trying some stuff. <laughs> that sounds like a very effective audio content. Right. I, I think that listeners would really appreciate the time and energy we put into that. Right. It'd be like writing a book, but having all of the pages be blank, except for it starts on the first page and then 500 <laughs> pages later, the end or fiend can you imagine like an audiobook it's like hello this is audiobook reader i am about to read the following book and then it's just quiet and occasionally the the sound of pages being turned and sighs <laughs> right or it's like end of chapter one sir, Cha- <laughs> chapter two blank 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 sir and or madam and or neither um. You have misunderstood the assignment. Samuel L. Beckett. That's not his middle name. I'm just conflating Samuel L. Jackson. and Samuel Beckett wouldn't be rolling over in his grave. He would be laughing in his grave. Actually, Samuel L. Beckett sounds like an extraordinary, like, one act (laughs) for a fringe festival. Oh, because Samuel L. Jackson mixed with Samuel L. Yeah, in a a Beckett play. Like, that would be be madness. Like, waiting for Godot... (laughs) But sorry, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> You'd be like, MFR, I am tired of waiting for this guy. Like, what is going on? Samuel L. would not. So, so in my mind, I had something totally different when I thought Samuel L. Beckett. I imagined a world where Samuel L. Jackson and Samuel Beckett were in the same place at the same time at like a chemical factory. They fell into a chemical pit and they became one person. They're like a fused version of Samuel L. Jackson and Samuel Beckett. And now they make confusing plays while making extremely like aggressive bids for people to do things the right way. I think Cronenberg could be into that. He would be into that. As as a director, I think Cronenberg would really enjoy that. Yeah, either David or his son, whose name I don't remember. Yes. Yes. Any of the Cronenbergs. (laughs) Right. Any of the available Cronenbergs. Um... But I don't know. I I was thinking about less body horror and more kitty sweetness. Oh, little furry bodies. I got a little kitty running around right now. He's just chasing a little laser light. Yeah, I don't talk about it often, but I am wholesale obsessed with my cats. No, really? Yeah. I couldn't tell. Everyone is shocked. Anyone, anyone who's one of my Instagram friends... Uh, would not be shocked because yeah. all they're getting is is cat memes. They're going to be aggressively posting in your in your Instagram, going, "What the heck, really? You you and cats? I could never, I never knew that." 
Well, the thing is, cats are just so great. They should be like a national utility. They're amazing. They just cozy up a space and they don't have the same demands of dogs. Yeah. Like you have to entertain your dog. Otherwise he will tear your house apart. Oh yeah. Like we had a, we had a friend uh, cat sitting briefly the other day. We'll call her Judy. And okay. she doesn't own any cats, but as, as they were like purring around her, she goes, Oh, I get it. I get the purring thing. It's just therapy, isn't it? Like, it's just like, it, it soothes you. I'm like, it does. It does. Like a, a cat purring next to you decreases your levels of anxiety. It just kind of makes you relax. Whatever you're worried about, you don't, you're not worried about it because there's a cat purring by you. No, it's true. I, I would argue that cats decrease the occurrence of impulsive behavior based on my own personal study of my behavior when I've had a cat in my life. And why, when I have been minus a cat, like I make bad decisions <laughs> when I'm not being <laughs> chaperoned by a cat. Well, dude, the, the thing with cats is like anytime you do it, something, something changes in their environment, mm-hmm. they freak out. They're like, oh my gosh, there's someone cleaning today. There's someone in your house that I've never seen. Or there's a, there's a friend over. They're like, you guys, that was weird. You're really going to have to tell me before any change happens. You have to run it by me. I am the change manager. And if I don't approve it, please don't. And maybe that's what inspires less impulsive behavior because you're like, oh, my cats wouldn't like that. They would be really weird if I changed a bunch of things. Right maybe. Now. Maybe they are the canaries in the coal mine of your personal life choices. Yeah, maybe. But I actually think it's that they provide me the dopamine I need to get through my day and I don't have to seek it elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Like if, if you are in a state of any kind, seeing a cat just improves your, your whole day. Assuming you're not allergic or hate cats for some unknowable reason, they'll just sit around looking so relaxed that you're like, Oh no, you, you make a good point relaxation is the answer and then you pet them Mm. and if you're lucky they start purring Mm -hmm. and then you're like oh my gosh everything in the world is much better than i originally Mm. thought they will lend you perspective yeah i was giving you grief earlier but i i love i love cats so much that i have pretty decent cat allergies that i've actually had to 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 mitigate Mm -hmm. just deal with and learn how to you know get better with because I want them to be around. I, I like them so much that I live with them, despite the fact that like, I honestly couldn't breathe very well for about six months when, they, when I first started having a cat. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, it was bad. I was like, getting four hours of sleep a night. But I just, I love them so much. They're, they're really incredible companions. I occasionally read quotes from Russian authors, and they, they like cats. I forget which one of the very long last named authors said this, but he was like, cats are essential because they are both beautiful and virtuous. Mm. And I'm like, huh, they are definitely beautiful. Like it, it, you just look at a cat face and it's, it, it's art. Mm-hmm. It's little tiny cat art. Oh yeah. I wonder if I'm infected with that. <laughs> That supposed uh, parasite toxoplasmosis that makes you obsessed with cats. I've heard it actually is much more rare of an occurrence than people would have you believe. I don't have the facts to back that up, but it's the first time I've heard anyone even dispute it. Before then, people that have cats are like, well, I probably have toxoplasmosis, but I'm going to do some research into it. I believe that it's not 
it sounds like it's not as common as people make it out to be. So you probably don't. You probably just it, love these guys. Also, it just doesn't sound like there's a negative impact to having tox, uh, toxoplasmosis unless you're pregnant. So who cares? Yeah, right. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Like we, we have thousands of things living in us and on us that are microscopic. And millions even. Mil- billions, billions even. And not only are they not bad, they're essential to the larger ecosystem. Yeah. And a lot of them are essential to keeping us alive, too. That is what I meant by the larger ecosystem. Oh, I We think, are the ecosystem of, to which like I referred. The larger environment outside of the person. Oh, no. I actually think about human beings as like a large, complex ecosystem because it's a bunch of a bunch of systems connected together. Oh, we totally are. We're like a, yeah, like a like, little planet or like a, a bio, biosphere. Uh, I think of us as, a, as a bio. Actually, I think of us as a terrarium. <laughs> I like that. Yes. <laughs> Our... Our different organs were originally not all together, and they now operate symbiotically to keep us all alive. And I, I think that's really cool. So I honor my own body as a complex ecosystem where everyone's just trying to keep everyone alive. <laughs> it's like, okay, let's be chill. We're all in this together. Right. And then there are the opposing factors within your body that are trying to actively kill you too. Fortunately, more of your your body's organisms, microorganisms, are working to fight that off than they're you know than the ones who are destroying you. Hopefully, Stephen, there are always going to be haters. There always are haters. That's right. Like <laughs> your body's like a YouTube comment section. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's it's got some supported people, and then it's got some haters. You know, but I like that perspective. Humans as a terrarium. You know. Yeah, you can drop some stuff in. Make sure it's not an invasive species. Hopefully it's a cat. Hopefully it's a cat. Yeah. Put as many cats in there as you'd like. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I just, they're just so silly, you know? And people say that they're not expressive. Oh, yeah. Wasn't, isn't that, inc- okay, so recently there was that article that got dropped that that stated cats have 300 unique facial expressions. Right, they totally do. Which, of course, I knew living with cats since, since I was quite young. But you, would, you come across all of these humans in the wild who are like, cats are so stoic. Cats don't make expressions. I never know what they're feeling. And I've always worried about those people. Mm. I'm like, why can't you read facial cues? Why can't you read facial expressions? Like, cats make make expressions that really remind me of human expressions Mm -hmm. and i can i can judge immediately whether they're uncomfortable or like off in their own world or like activated or calm and a lot of people look at cats and don't know what they're thinking and i'm like oh no yeah what does this mean for the rest of your life like what can't you identify in your environment are you safe are you safe to be around (laughs) do you know what do you know what people are thinking around you I mean, and it may, maybe they're maybe they aren't. Maybe they don't know because if a person is telling them what they think, they know what that person says they're feeling or thinking, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's that. But also, in order for a cat to really, I don't think it's that people think that cats don't make expressions. Is that cats are a little more standoffish and a little more kind of put together uh, when they're not comfortable with you yet like people you know like uh people need a little more time to be comfortable with you just like cats often need a little more time to really show their full range of expression and i think it's it's a little bit patience you know it's Mm -hmm. it's um because 
with dogs and don't get me wrong i love dogs dogs oh are, yeah dogs are fantastic dogs are great you know but oftentimes with dogs what you get is a feeling of total adoration immediate adoration because the dog has accepted you are part of its pack in fact you are probably the leader of the pack and so it behooves them to be really nice to you uh, whereas cats don't really acknowledge the hierarchy or a social structure and so they they kind of do their own thing yeah a little bit a little bit they, in, they do like to hang out yeah until you like really earn their trust uh, then they are incredibly expressive, incredibly affectionate, usually sometimes a little cagey, but people are too. Yeah. My point is, I think the people who you hear a lot of a lot of hate against cats. And I am more of a cat person than a dog person. I have zero hate against dogs. I yeah, just dogs think, are fantastic. I think they're just hard to travel with. Right. I think cats just require a little more patience to get to know and actually see the full range of what 300 different expressions on a cat's face. Because if they don't, if they don't know if they can trust you, you just won't even see them. So how would you know what their faces look like? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it's the idea of a cat. Right. I'm actually reminded of so many medieval tapestries that feature cats, but like their faces. Yeah. Have you ever seen a cat? Oh my gosh, they they look insane. They're, like their but bodies everything, are. Yeah. There's like three legs that are facing the the side, and then there's like a tail that. And totally the faces crooked. are bizarrely human. They're so weird. Like, have you not seen a cat, Mister Medieval Painter? Or my my head with everything that happened in the Middle Ages is just everybody was so drunk. Have a sliding scale of expectation because these people do not have coffee and they are so drunk. And the thing about being drunk is when you're drunk, like you're also very confident. You're not necessarily aware of like all of the nuances of what you're doing or saying, but you're also very confident. So you're like, no, this is how a cat looks. I've seen them drawing, drawing. That looks great. Sends it off to their wealthy benefactor. Benefactor is also drunk, goes, looks great, man. Thanks, Jason, whatever <laughs> your name is. Uh, yeah. I'm uncomfortable with the hierarchies dogs present me with mm. when I'm in a social setting with them. Like, even the most well-behaved dog is sort of subject to their owner. Yeah. And that, I don't, I, I don't want to have that relationship with something that lives in my house. I don't, it's far less that I don't want to be superior and much more that I do not want to be responsible for your behavior. Because that's the secret problem with all power, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you have power, you have to impose power. And that means you have to impose power. That's true. If you have a dog that people are like, oh, that dog is being bad. It's your problem. Like, oh, discipline your dog. If you have a bad cat, people are like, oh, that's, that's cats. You know, they're just going cats. this cat scratched you. Nothing I can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> better treat the cat better, right? Better treat the cat better. You should change exactly. your behavior toward the cat. Exactly. Not you should discipline your cat and like get them in line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't change the cat's behavior. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about that and I, I wonder if maybe the reason why some people gravitate towards dogs or, or why they, they really like that unconditional love for the mm -hmm. dog is maybe life is kind of tough for them. Maybe like they have a lot of demands and like everyone is saying, sell it to me. Like you got to earn this from me. Like their day, maybe their day-to-day -day job is incredibly stressful. It involves a lot of, a lot of selling and a lot of like high tension things and you come home, the dog loves you unconditionally, accepts that you are, you know, the king of the castle or whatever. And like, that's, that would be nice to come home to if I lived, in, if I worked in that kind of environment, you know, like it, it'd be a nice reprieve. 
Maybe. I don't know. I don't I'm, know. I'm just trying to like put my mind in the in the mind of, I, of people who say that. I think people like different types of relationships. Um, yeah. And the thing I've noticed about dog people is that they're also a lot more aggressively social than cat people. Um, yeah. So it's possible that the amount of energy that you have to expend as a dog owner feels like a normal amount of energy because they're expending it all the time socially. So they're like, no, this is this is right and good. This is this is not a problem for me personally to um, exercise, social control, or guide behavior. Plus, I just kind of want to get out every morning to be certain that I walk. Yeah, the good force and function for it, exercise. Like there are a million reasons to have a dog. Every everybody likes dogs, and you can bring them a bunch of places. You can't bring cats anywhere. Uh, it's the rare cat that you can bring anywhere. That's true. That's true. There are like certain cats and certain cat places you can bring, and certain carrying cases you need to put them in like a bubble yeah and it depends so much on the personality of the cat but dogs it's assumed that they will socialize though there are some dogs who who are less social um who have their own special needs and i actually think it's to our credit uh this generation being more attentive to our pets needs like that that was not the case in the 90s and before we never took my cats to the vet in childhood yeah. and early adulthood like i had never seen the inside of a vet's office unless there was like a really big problem like my my cat got into a chemical cleaner at one point and we had to take him to the vet that was the only time he went to the vet like he had an injury from a fight that was that was emitting pus and like we home treated that so other than like big big emergencies the vet was spoken of in like hushed whispers yeah like but now just had no idea but now we all take our I don't know if we all now I personally take my cats to the vet. Yeah. Um, like they have insurance. Yeah, they do. I've taken cats and, and dogs that I've had in the past to, to the vet, uh, even for like regular ish checkups in, in a past life. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the care is also it's accelerating. It's more it's more uh, hands on than I remember it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one really talked about like brushing your cat's teeth before or like oh, yeah. brushing. I mean, th- I think brushing your dog's teeth was always kind of a mm-hmm. thing because they got more of them and also they get into a lot, a lot of stuff. They eat a lot. They, they have more lot. opportunities to eat weird things. And they do. They do. But I remember we went to the vet just in love with their cat. I swear. Oh, like, yeah. We yeah. got him a few months ago. He was eight weeks when we got him. He is less than six months now. The, the kitten, by the way, not the, the vet. kitten. The kitten. Yeah. <laughs> the vet. She's a prodigy. Yeah. <laughs> she is not yet six months old, but she has completed veterinary school. <laughs> Very good at what she does. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he, he's a tiny baby. We take him to the, the vet and um, the, this veterinarian for him is just like, there's a lot of things that you can, you can do at home to take care of the cat. You can like trim their nails. You can brush their little teeth. And I'm like, really? You can brush their teeth? I'm like, yeah, here's some, here's some fish flavored toothpaste you can like rub it around their teeth i'm like really oh okay yeah yeah she's like we have mint but they like the fish flavor yeah like you unless they don't like fish come back for mint we'll try it mm-hmm. but um it's just it's a level of care that i i'm not familiar with and um i i like it like i'm i'm not out here brushing my cat's teeth i tried it for a little bit um but it's just good to know that there are options for like advanced home care for cats i, I think it's it's good you got to take care of your little buddies yeah. And I, I love that we're emphasizing taking care of them so much, even mm-hmm. though I know the motivation for it is like absolutely capitalistic. Oh, yeah. You can sell more more products. Yeah, because there wasn't pet insurance in the 90s, as far as I know. And veterinary visits were actually cheaper, too. Mm. 
not not because of inflation, but because the presence of of insurance will always drive up base prices for medical care. Mm -hmm. That's part of the reason that American medical care is astronomically expensive mm, yeah, uh, yeah. because the the relationship between insurance companies and employee-sponsored uh, insurance, they were basically driving up the prices for both of their benefits for dozens of years. And here we are. Yeah. If you look at the costs for medical intervention in the 1900, like the early 1900s, so like 1910, the cost looks reasonable. Like the cost mm -hmm. is reasonable because there's no insurance. So it's assumed you'll pay out of pocket. Mm -hmm. And the prices reflect that. And now it's assumed that you have insurance, insurance. which is an additional middleman product that you have to invest in. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, your prices are astronomical. And that, yeah, it's a whole pipeline. Yeah. 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 I, but I, the impulse to care yeah. for, for animals, A plus. I we it. love it. Totally dig it. And by the way, I know that pet insurance existed as at least as early as the 2000s because I actually had pet insurance oh, back sure. there. Person. Yeah, the first time I saw pet insurance, it was 2007. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's around when I had it, like 2005, 2006, something mm -hmm. like that. The point is, cats are a delight. They're wonderful to have around. And uh, I love that we have a cultural and societal impulse to take care of our pets better. That's yeah. Good. That's good. Instead of just like letting them just survive. We care a lot more about a lot of things that we didn't care much about previously. And this is, this is an example of progress. I wonder why that is. I mean, do we think that's maybe because we've we've developed the ability to be more comfortable as a society because we've we've got more support services and more structure that allows us to focus on some of the stuff that was like a little less high priority at the time? Like do we just have enough do we have enough creature comforts in modern US society that we can now like spend more time taking care of our pets? And I would think yes. I think that's part of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's evidence of plenty for sure. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's um, it's the distribution of sentiment that comes from not focusing so much on having children. Mm. Oh, yeah. So yeah. another thing I notice is that children are like the last pet you get. Everyone I know who who has procreated got animals first. And some of this is affordability. Uh, animals are more affordable than children. So you get animals to have something to care for until you can afford children. Um, and also it's just something to care for. And we, we long to love things. And animals are so easy to love and so easy to incorporate into your life. They really are. You, they just like jump right into your house. You can hang out with them as much as you want or as little as you want. Well, not, not with dogs. Dogs do need a lot of, a lot of attention. Um, which honestly, I don't, I don't have the energy to keep up with, with the dog, to be honest. I think that's why I don't have one. I think a dog is amazing for like practical applications. If you, if you had a large property or a lot of animals, I think a dog would do a great job. He, dogs have jobs <laughs> and I respect how professional they are. They put on their little construction hard hat. They go to work. They're like a construction project manager at a construction company yeah like if i had a farm or um or a property with a lot of domestic animals i would absolutely have a dog who get a little sheepdog a little australian shepherd or something something oh yeah i i would probably still adopt from a shelter because i i'm annoying in this way i think dogs like having jobs too oh yeah and <laughs> there, there's this app that i saw where you can see which establishments in your area have cats that oh, yeah. work there quote unquote yeah <laughs> what is it called it's shop cat it's shop cat 
but mm-hmm. yeah, like it's it's a thing. And and to be honest, they're not working there like like dogs when they act when dogs are working, they're actually like pulling a sled or whatnot. But they are these cats in these shops are adding a ton of like pleasure to walking they're a, in. They're a value add. They are atmospheric performers. Yeah, they're like having someone really nice and like just pleasant at the front desk. You're like, yeah, oh, that, like a greeter. That was a nice experience. Exactly, exactly. And actually, actually, greeter is a paid thing. So yes, cats are the greeters. Yeah, yeah, or they're the ambassadors. Oh, cats the are brand ambassadors. They're great ambassadors. I, I do want to take some time and use that app and go around and visit some of those those cats that work at different shops. Oh, the yeah. Shop cats. Maybe we should do that right now. Yeah, we could do that right now. We could. We could. We, we could, could end this podcast, leave the house, and meet a cat. We could. Yes, I'd love that. I love that idea. Well, maybe we'll bring it home. Maybe we'll maybe have another we'll. cat this time next week. We'll Indeed. see. <laughs> well, I, I hope you enjoyed hearing about cats, dear listeners. Yes, I, I also hope you enjoyed hearing about them. Honestly, though, I had a good time. So I assume you probably had a good time, too. I love animals uh, wherever I may find them. But cats are absolutely my favorite animal that I'm allowed to keep in my house. Hey, maybe we'll pay a visit to a, a zoo in some future time. And then we'll talk about that. Like, talk about our experience at the yeah. zoo. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for spending time with us. We will talk to you soon. Yeah, talk soon. All right, catch you on the next lunch break. Bye-bye. This has been Stephen. And Laura. Thanks for tuning in to Midday Musings, the podcast where we talk about all things large and small. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and look out for polls and Q&As in the future. We'd love to hear from you. Share your thoughts and reactions with us on Spotify and on social media. Catch you next lunch break. <laughs>